Have you ever heard advice that just, ugh, it grinds your gears, it sets you on edge, and you just want to tell that person off when you hear that advice? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today because I've seen some major myths and negative advice I have seen online and elsewhere for new and first-year teachers, and we are going to cut that out right now. So here are some seven very common myths you might be hearing that I want you to stop believing right now. So let's dig into it. Hey, teacher bestie. My name's Helena, and I'm the creator of the Present Teacher Podcast. I'm a first-year teacher coach, and in this podcast, you are going to learn everything from simple, actionable classroom management, social learning, and teacher wellness strategies. You know that impact you want to make in the classroom? Well, we're going to make it happen here. The first myth that I hear all the time about first and new teachers is not really said vocally, but there's this expectation that you have to be perfect from day one. Now, whether this is, you know, kind of this unspoken rule that others put on you or this just pressure you put on yourself, this causes a lot of unnecessary stress for you. And the truth is, nobody is perfect. If you went back to my first year of teaching, I was a hot mess teacher express. Love Jessica, by the way. Definitely go watch that podcast or listen to that podcast episode. We listen to podcast episodes, Helena. We don't watch them. You get what I mean. Go listen to that one. Anyways, especially when starting a new job, it's important to give yourself grace and remember that teaching is very much a learning process. And there's something that we come and talk about, and it's how, you know, student teaching, while appreciated and grateful for the opportunity, doesn't necessarily always prepare you fully for the demand. No, that's a little negative. Let me think. The expectations, I like that better, the expectations that people or the profession puts on new teachers or on teaching. And it feels like you're kind of just thrown to the deep end and you're trying to keep your head above water. And that's honestly one of the things I want to help with at the present teacher is to help prepare you for teaching and, you know, be your guide, be your mentor throughout the whole thing. And you can learn from the mistakes that I made. But my point is you do not, do not have to be perfect your first year of teaching. And please don't put that pressure on yourself. Like I said, it's important to give yourself grace during this time. Remind yourself that you are learning. It's going to feel like you're learning everything. And like you have no idea what you're doing sometimes. You don't understand what other lingo people are saying. And that is okay. Just take some time to remember that while this is expected your first year to for everything to feel like it's new, and even if you're switching grade levels, I switch from kinder to second. And let me tell you, my my first year in second grade, I felt like I was starting all over. I had no idea what was going on half the time. It's remembering these moments to remind yourself that you are new and you are learning. And you are really going to see that your second year when you start. And you're like, you know what? I already did this. I know what to expect. Now, will you feel that all the time? No, but you're not going to feel as new or like everything is new in your second year of teaching. So again, please don't put that pressure on yourself that you have to be perfect from day one because you don't. 
We don't expect our kids to be perfect. Therefore, it is unreasonable for society and yourself to expect that you are going to be perfect. As long as you are putting effort and dedication, even if everything doesn't go perfectly, you are doing an amazing job. Imperfect action is what's that quote? Imperfect action is still moving forward or something like that, but it's going to be messy and that's okay. It's supposed to be. The second myth that I hear very often is, I heard this my first year of teaching and student teaching is, don't smile until after winter break. This is a common misconception among new teachers, but you know what? It's not true. And it doesn't need to be true. You don't have to teach this way. Well, yes, it is important to set boundaries. It's important to set expectations and procedures in the classroom. When you're overly strict, that can actually impact your relationships that you build with your kids. Respect is earned through that mutual trust and understanding, not by fear. And this was a very hard concept. And it took me several years to figure out But you can have your students repeat expectations and procedures without being strict. So for example, my students, we practice over and over and over again what it should look like, sound like, to get in a line at level zero. That doesn't mean that I'm strict all the time. That doesn't mean that I'm yelling at them. That doesn't mean that I'm using my, I like to call it my oh blank, but we'll say oh man teacher voice. In fact, I've been told that I'm the fun teacher and it's okay to be the fun teacher if you want to be the fun teacher. You don't have to be that strict and never smile with your kids or never be fun. There is a balance. That balance is hard, but that is a complete myth. You can be the fun teacher and still have the respect of your kids and have them behave for you. If you want to learn more about that um, in the future, I'm planning on you know sharing some of my tips in the meantime. One teacher that I absolutely love, I don't think she has a podcast. You'll have to go on YouTube, but one fab teacher. You guys, Miss May is so, oh, I wasn't able to find like a teacher that like, that our energies matched. She is one of the most positive people on earth. I will try to write a note to remember to put her YouTube channel in the show notes, but She is one of the most positive teachers I've ever met, and her kids listen. Her firsties get it. So definitely go follow her because she's just, she's awesome. If for some reason she ever listens to this, thank you so much, Miss May, because honestly, okay, side the point fangirling over here. Go follow Miss May, trust me. So that's the second myth. The third myth that you're probably going to hear is you have to be an expert in every subject. Now, this may not feel as true for my upper elementary and middle school teachers who are teaching math or teaching science or teaching social studies. Typically, again, if this is not typically, the people who are teaching that typically have a degree or some training or some knowledge or some, you know, background in those subjects. As an elementary teacher, we get to teach everything. Am I, am I an expert at science? No. Do I like it? Yes. Does that mean I'm going to be the best at it? No. You don't have to be an expert in every subject to be a teacher. This is a common, common 
myth I hear and a lot of teachers feel hesitant or stressed out about. The truth is, not a single teacher is an expert on every single subject. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have your strengths. It's okay to have your weaknesses. So here's what I recommend. Instead of trying to be the expert at everything, pick one subject and work at it until you feel like you got it. Now, I'm not saying don't teach the other subjects. I'm saying, you know, my second year, my first year of teaching, I realized, you know what? I'm good at teaching reading, figuring out how to, you know, go from reading to writing. I need to work at. So while, yes, my second year, I still focused on math and, you know, social science. I really put an emphasis my second year of teaching on how to get my kids to write and to write well. And most importantly, how I could teach how to write well. And based off that, I worked at it and worked at it until I'm like, you know what? I'm not an expert, but I'm more um, ex- experienced and I have more tools in my teacher toolkit to teach this. So now I can move on to another subject. Don't try to be the pro at every subject. Just pick one focus for the year. And work on that. And you know what? By five, six, seven years, you'll have a general idea of how to teach all of them effectively. Then you can go back and start, you know, you know what? I've I've focused on writing four, five, six years ago. I'm going to go back to it now and see what else I can learn about it. But just pick one subject and work at it. You don't need to be a pro at all. At all. Okay. Next myth. Myth. Math. Sorry myth. The next myth I have is you have to do everything on your own. I think it was in the last episode where I talked about how how I was practically a DIY Debbie. I would try everything. Teachers by Teachers was around, but I didn't have the capacity to even like fathom what to search for. You don't have to do everything on your own. As a first year teacher, it's easy to feel like you have to do it all. However, this is just not true. There are so many resources available to new teachers. There's mentorship programs, professional development, and support from colleagues, and so many other things. But you don't have to do it alone. And I know it can be scary to ask for help, or you're terrified that you are going to bug somebody if you ask for help. I was the same way. I got so, I felt so guilty for always asking questions that I stopped asking questions. And what ended up happening is I wasn't able to figure out what to do. And so I guessed, and if I would have just asked the first time, probably wouldn't have to redo half the work. My point is, ask for help now so you can figure out the right way to do it and you can help the next person. It's kind of like that song, Stay Humble and Kind. Um, When you figure out where you're going, turn around and help the next person up. Essentially, same thing. You're going to figure out how to do this so you can turn around and help the next person. Essentially, what I like to do on this podcast. But anyways, don't feel like you have to do this on your own. Definitely go follow me or if you want some more resources, I'm going to have more experts on this podcast episode that you can go to for writing and all the things. But really focusing on writing today. Beside the point, don't do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. The next myth I have is you have to sacrifice your personal life to be a good teacher. Now, 
this is not true. It's just not. It's very far from the truth. If anything, this is the opposite of what you want to do. Let's be honest. My first year, I believed this myth so much that I would work until 8 p.m. Almost every night. And I would work weekends. And I would respond to families who are emailing, messaging, dojoing until 10 p.m. And you guys, it was exhausting. My first winter break, and you might have heard this story before, but I was, it was like three days in the break, and I woke up, looked around my house, and I bawled. I bawled because I was so exhausted. I felt like I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed. I was exhausted. But I thought, you know what? This is what I got to do. This is what I have to do to be a good teacher, to be that little girl's dream, that, that teacher I know I can be. And you know what? The more I worked, the less of that teacher I became. Let me say it again. The more I worked, the less of that teacher I became. I was so focused on the to do, I was not focused on the to be. I was so focused on the to do, I was not the to be. I was to doing, I wasn't being. And that's the difference. You don't need to sacrifice your personal life of anything. And the whole reason at the core, while why creating the present teacher was to help you not give up your personal life. There are systems, there are ways, there are strategies to get you out the door and enjoying your life on the outside without spending hours outside. I can tell you it works. I have helped teachers in my building leave at 3.30 contract time every day. They don't come in anymore. They don't take work home anymore. I myself have not stayed late unless it was mandated for three years. And you can do it too. You do not need to sacrifice your personal life. If anything, when you sacrifice your personal life, you are focusing on the to-do and not not the to-be. Focus on the being. Focus on the right things. And that is such, that's hard. I know that's hard, but I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. Focus on the being. Don't focus on the doing. Please don't let teaching take your personal life because the personal life is you. It is a piece of you. It's your identity. If you go back to a podcast episode, I interviewed Brittany Blackwell and we talked about how she was a mom and she was teaching and she lost her identity. You guys, it's real. It is real to let this profession eat your personal life, but it doesn't have to. And like I talked in the last episode, I'm looking at putting together a group of teachers to get these systems, get these strategies in place this summer. So this isn't an issue. This isn't a myth that people believe. I believed it. You don't have to. So please, please, please don't listen to this. This is a myth. Next myth, honestly, it goes with that one. You have to work 24-7. You do not have to work 24-7. You do not. You can batch your days. You can theme your days. You can have everything organized. You can have the systems in place. So 
you don't have to do this. Don't let this myth hold you back from pursuing your passion of teaching. Again, focus on the being, not the doing. With the right support, with the right resources, mindset, you can have a successful and fulfilling experience as a new teacher. You don't have to have a miserable teaching year where you are sacrificing your personal life. Your marriage is feeling destroyed. You can't be there for your own kids. You have to work 24-7. That is just not true, and I'm here to help you to make sure that's not true for you. So myth, next myth, you have to work 24-7. Baloney, that's not true. I don't even know if baloney is a thing anymore. Sorry if that aged me. Is baloney a real thing? I don't know. That was a like a 90s thing. Okay, aging myself. Beside the point, next one. Your f- next myth and the final myth I have for you is your first hoe. Okay, I'm going to breathe it in because I'm going to get real passionate. I'm going to try not to rant. Your first couple years of teaching are going to be horrible. Oh my gosh. If you can see me, I'm covering my face with my hands. This is not true. And I really wish, I mean, I'm not going to say stay off TikTok and Instagram. Because, you know, that might be how we connected. On social media, it's really easy to see teachers focusing on the negative right now. They are in survival mode, like we talked about last episode. They're, you know, reaching out. They're needing support. And it's easy to see all the negative. Here's the reality. And I talked about this in the last episode. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to it because I talk about my graduation story. But my point is that this is a common myth. You're first couple of years of teaching does not have to be horrible. It does not have to be awful. With the right resources, with the right systems, with the right guidance, you can have your best year ever, your first year of teaching. And I 100% believe in that. And that's, again, that's the core of why I'm here. That is what I'm passionate about doing. You don't have to have That graduation moment like I did where you practically cried because you failed. You can have the best year of your life and I 100% believe that. I have helped other teachers do it and I'm here to help you do it too. It can be challenging. I'm not sugarcoating it. It's a learning curve and it takes adjustments, but that doesn't mean that your year has to be horrible. So if you haven't had a chance, subscribe to this podcast, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, all the things And I am happy to help you make sure that your next year is not horrible. My goal, my whole vision for this, for the present teacher is to help new teachers thrive. To thrive in the classroom. To thrive outside the classroom. Don't believe this myth. It's not true. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to social media. There are teachers who are having the best year of their lives. And you can do it too. You are going to do it too. I'm not going to say you can. You will. You will have the best year of your life. All right. Sorry for the passionateness. I don't think that's a word of this podcast episode. But I see these and they just, oh, they make me so upset that so many new teachers are seeing these myths and believing them. So anyways, if you haven't had a chance, definitely subscribe to this podcast episode and I will see you in the next one. As always, remember, we are stronger together. You don't have to do this alone. I'm right here with you, teacher Bessie, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope that you were able to take away some value that will help you thrive inside and out of the classroom. It would mean the world to me if you could take five seconds right now and leave a review on this podcast. And if you found this podcast especially helpful, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now and tag me on your socials to let me know you're listening. As always, remember that we are stronger together with all the love in the world, Helena, aka the President teacher. See you next time, teacher bestie.